This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello, hello. Welcome to 2023 and the world's best construction podcast. We are very, very pleased to have you. I am Fred Mills, founder, face, voice of the B1M. And as always on this podcast, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Luke and Liam. How are you doing, guys? Good New Year break? Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Perfect. Perfect time off. Ate heaps of food, drank heaps of wine, sat around. This is perfect. <laughs> Classic Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, mine was similar, mate. Um, you know, I just love love the time off, love the relaxation, missed you guys. But as I was missing you guys, um, this photo came up on my Instagram, Fred. Of At first, I thought it was like a dude who was like Cosplanner's action man or something. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was Fred Mills. And apparently, Fred Mills broke the internet. Fred, do you want to talk us through what, what you posted as a little... Uh, <laughs> a little end of year treat for your fans, mate. <laughs> There's not a lot to talk through, really. It's just uh, had a good workout, took a picture, stuck on Instagram, done. And is and is that the first time you've ever let the people see? You know, it's the, the construction time, project. It's the first time I've conquered the mental health battle and had the self confidence to stick a picture up online. Yes, so. Uh, it <laughs> had a, had an interesting reaction, that's for sure. Definitely got a few yeah. likes. <laughs> Might have got a like. I I appreciated the little thumb you did, mate. So you're pulling down your jeans a little bit so you can see your oblique muscles. It's a nice little touch, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I had a similar thing to Luke. I actually went out. I went out the night before to a winery. It was my mum's birthday, and I I woke up in the morning and it was a bit of a sore head. And I woke up to a message, and one of my mates just sent me a, a, a message saying. What's up with that photo, man? And I was like, oh, crap. What have I, did I upload something? Like, what the hell? I opened up my Instagram and then, boom, Fred Mills there just looking jacked with no shirt on. <laughs> Fred, you look like Captain America or something, mate. <laughs> like, you, you look, it's like, it was well impressive. It was, did you like not eat anything like leading up to the photo? <laughs> Were you just like cutting? Well, moments before or something. No, or? not at all. I've, I've had uh, I've training's always been a really big part of my life because I've it's it's balances me, helps me de stress, helps with the mental health and stuff. And uh, mm. I've kind of mastered. I've, I've obviously had like a people don't know. I've had a slip disc, herniated disc in my back for a couple of years, and I've had epidural injections, physio, Pilates, all kinds of stuff to try and sort that out. Um, but I've kind of worked around that now, and my worked out how to do my 
get my training back to where it was before while not damaging my back and uh you know keeping my keeping my mental health going and fitting it in around kids and job and the business so yeah it's been it's not something i do to look good it's something i do to keep myself happy and balanced but um yeah i do quite like my training so thanks no, for that's the feedback enough, also i i didn't know what uh i didn't know liam knew what oblique muscles were so what on liam <laughs> mate you did just, not have just got them when now, we're in mate. san diego on the beach <laughs> those weren't there in san diego in september <laughs> when we were on the beach they you've just gotten shredded towards the end of the year mate yeah i'm trying to train right pretty now? hard i'm wearing a shirt right now just to just to put listeners at ease i've got my shirt <laughs> <laughs> i was struggling with my back pain and stress through august september so i've got things got a bit better through october november december so that's kind of reflected in my torso it turns out but yeah anyway <laughs> this being a construction podcast should we get on to construction <laughs> sense me trying to move the topic on here how many um how many likes did you get on that <laughs> i can't see in i don't know if it's the same as um where everyone else is in australia you can't see how many people like a post which is super frustrating when, when i'm doing really? client reports yeah i can't see them on linkedin either hmm blimey i might be able uh, to it's not about likes instagram account it's not about likes slim i wouldn't have counted the likes yeah. personally just uh, three thousand eight hundred <laughs> it's impressive mate it's super yeah. impressive. it was the most uh popular tweet i think i think i tweeted the saudi arabia construction starting the line in october time and that got 600 likes on Twitter. That's my f- most successful tweet ever. And then I put this up over New Year, and I think it got two and a half thousand likes in two hours. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe this is what this, people this want. They don't want construction. Well. They want a fitness channel. Mate, a lot, <laughs> of the, a lot of the comments are asking for your OnlyFans account, mate. I mean, you've know, got revenue <laughs> targets. <laughs> I can confirm for anyone listening or disappoint anyone listening. Fred Will's only fans is not going to happen anytime soon. Not ruling it out. Not ruling it out. Just not anytime soon. One day I'll be a washed up YouTuber. But I remember that guy Fred Mills from 10 years ago. Yeah, now he's an OnlyFans trying to, trying to scrounge a living. Anyway, how was your, how was you guys? Have you, do you have a good break? Any topless photos on your Instagram accounts? No? I feel, no, I, mean, I feel yeah. I can't compete, Fred. No, mate. It's just it seems so bland compared to the topless photo. To be honest, mate, uh, I was jealous of the Lego thing you posted, mate. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, that's really cool. That's a good idea, isn't it? Like, yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. This is uh, very good. Mrs. Mills got me a very good Christmas present. Subscribe me to Lego kits. So you build them, uh, and then send them back, and they send you another one. And it's like uh, I think that's it's about- genius. It is, isn't it? Whoever it's, came up with that, yeah. There's a few of them in America, but there's only one company in the UK that does it. And because of Brexit or something, they can't import kits from other places. So anyway, uh, we've now <laughs> we've now got one company in the UK that does it. Yeah, my wife got it for me for Christmas. Very cool. So coming up this week, guys, we have got the $67 billion high-speed railway that will transform Asia, a pretty incredible project uh, in Southeast Asia, linking Thailand up to China and beyond. The top five skyscrapers completing in 2023, Madrid's incredible station upgrade, Sweden's 33rd edition of the new incredible, very cool, literally cool ice hotel, and some of your comments from this week. Let's do it.
So first of this week, we are talking about the $67 billion high-speed railway that's going to transform Asia. This is a pretty incredible project. So Thailand is building a $67 billion new high-speed railway. There is a rail network in Thailand. It's very cheap to use. It's very scenic because the country is beautiful. You've got all kinds of uh, fantastic scenery there. Anyone that's been to Thailand will know it's uh, an incredible, beautiful country. But the trains are pretty slow, often delayed. They travel about 40 kilometers an hour. It takes ages to get anywhere. The network is aging. And for a few reasons, basically due to kind of political instability, the rail sector losing money, investments and ideas to upgrade the railway just just don't really go anywhere. They get dissolved. They take years to move forward. They come and go again. And the country also has a pretty well-established internal uh, short-haul flight network. I, when I went to Thailand, the best way to get around, I'm ashamed to say, was by short-haul flights. I know, not good for the environment, but mm. it was about 10 years ago now. Um, so yeah, there is a train system, but it's not very good. They are now upgrading their railway system with this new high-speed railway, which looks very exciting. They're kicking off with a new line from Bangkok to Nongkai in the north, and then it's going to connect on to Laos's new high-speed rail network and connect on up into China, which is the big thing. So linking Thailand and China more effectively is going to be huge for both countries' economy. We're going to come back to China in a minute because China play a pretty big role in all this and how it came about. And they, as you might imagine, have a vested interest in this railway succeeding. Mm. First section is going to complete in 2028. uh, And the idea is it could be a jumping off point for even more connections going forward through Southeast Asia, Malaysia, Cambodia, all kinds of things like that. What do you guys make of this? This For me, this is one of those massive infrastructure projects that's happening, that's going to have huge impacts that most people probably didn't know about. Yeah, without diving too heavy into the China stuff um, first, at face value, this looks like a really good thing. I'm a a massive fan of rail and rail infrastructure in countries. Like you said, Fred, it's cleaner than flying. And if this links up Thailand with other neighbouring countries better, then at face value, that's a really good thing, isn't it? That's a great thing. I've never been to Thailand. I know Liam's probably been like 12 times or something, but I've never been. I can imagine just from like, you know, the in, in the video, we used um, a lot of B-Rov, just like the landscape of Thailand. So now diverse is you're thinking, God, oh, that is, that's a tough landscape to build a railway through. And so the fact that they're just like, you know, carrying on with this, powering through and building it, getting it done. That alone, I think, is really impressive. And then to add on top of it is high speed. Like, mate, that's what was the thing at the start of the video? You said it's quicker to drive from Bangkok to northern Thailand than it is to get the train that does yeah. more or less the same route. That is, that's stupid, isn't it? That is, yeah. that is so dumb. That is so, even, so even dark. with the like, congestion and the road traffic, and because that's that's also terrible in Thailand. The roads are pretty. <laughs> I've been on a Thai motorway; it's pretty crazy. Um, even with all that thrown in, it will be quicker to drive than get the train. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Le- Liam, Definitely. what do you think as someone who's been to Thailand a few times? Uh, yeah, I've been a few times, mate. Um, yeah. Great country. <laughs> um, I think it's great. I think it's great. As sort of Fred was saying about traveling using um, public transport and getting around on the highways and things like that, I I once caught a bus from Kuala Lumpur to Thailand and they advertised it as a 24-hour bus ride. So it was like overnight, blah, blah, blah. 
It took, I think it took 36 hours for us to get there. Cool. So anything, <laughs> any upgrade of that, I'm a big fan of. And I think, um, I think Thailand, they'll enjoy more economic benefits from this. Like you're saying, Luke, they're going to unlock potentials in new regions. Um, and then what you're saying at the start, you're going to have them linkly, directly linked to China. I think China's their largest, um, tourist destination for, for the Chinese or the, or the third or something. I think it was the highest pre COVID. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Absolutely. And I mean, I probably won't ever get a, um, taxi from one region to the other in Thailand. I don't know about you, Fred, but I found them just driving like crazy on the passing cars on the other side of the road, driving like I don't know, 120, what? 130 Ks an hour. Yeah. I was terrified, mate. So, um, I'd opt for the train when it's, when it's there. I remember we, sure. uh, we stayed at this hotel in Bangkok and we were up on like the 30th floor or something it was a really nice hotel very cheap because yeah that's kind of what thailand's like it's pretty pretty cheap country or at least it was when i was there and we're up on the 30th floor looking down on this kind of i guess it was like an eight lane highway in the middle of bangkok but there were no line markings or anything it was just people like the shops had spilled out onto the street people putting their market stores on the street there's cars going all directions and it was a major road. And I just saw this guy just leading this cow. He had a rope around this cow's neck. And he just lead, he just led it directly across the middle of the road. There were cars swerving around him, all sorts of stuff going on. <laughs> just bowling over casually with a cow. It's crazy. And then on the motorway, um, I, we were driving along. I looked over to one side and there was a guy in a pickup truck. And then next to him, wearing a seatbelt, was a monkey. A monkey <laughs> in a car, in the passenger seat, wearing a seatbelt. I was like... Whoa! <laughs> What's going You're on? You're joking. Here? You wind yeah. me up. You wind me up. To this, I can see it now. To this day, crazy <laughs> My monkeys looked at me like as if I was just another driver. I was like, yeah, very weird. Wow. Okay. Well, as as someone, Fred, as someone who's been to Thailand when you were there, um, was the you, you went to Bangkok, right? I assume. Did I went you to say Bangkok, you went to Bangkok, Chiang Mai, and right. Koh Samui? So in Bangkok, they've recently been um, developing their metro lines, underground and overground lines. Um, but while you were there, was it a place that screamed, ah, oh, this this could really do with a train? You know, a high-speed train line would fix a lot of these issues. Was that something that came to mind? Yeah, I should say, like, I, when I went to Bangkok, I love Bangkok. The The energy, the culture, the people, the history, the buzz. It's just an incredible city. Um, but it is it is very sprawling. It's an enormous thing to kind of get your head around and navigate. And I think, yeah, 100% public transport would, would transform it. I think the high-speed rail thing is really interesting because this, this is a – we forget living in northern Europe and in the UK that – this is a huge country and the geography is extremely difficult. You know, you'll, you'll know mm. from previous B1M videos, we talked about HS2, high-speed rail lines work best when they're in, they run on a straight, flat path. So you want your high-speed rail route to be as straight and flat as possible so your trains can get up to the best speed, you can optimise everything, you can get your trains running as efficiently as possible. The geography in Thailand makes that extremely difficult for engineers. You've got mountains jungles existing villages swamps seas ocean like there's there's islands to navigate it's it's crazy um it's an extremely difficult terrain so the engineering going into this project is is immense i think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges in fact it has been one of the biggest challenges and why it's 
kind of struggled a little bit. I think we should probably come on to the China thing. So this project is part of China's wider Belt and Road Initiative, and the railway, as I said, is going to connect on to China's enormous high-speed rail network. Now, the Belt and Road Initiative is basically China's big plan to ease trade between China and the Middle East and Europe. So basically to kind of reconstruct the Silk Road, the famous ancient Silk Road that was the trading route between Europe and Asia, but in modern day terms with major cities, major infrastructure routes, uh, ports, a huge, huge sprawling program of, infra- program of infrastructure across land, air, sea. It's, it's huge, absolutely huge. This project forms part of that. So it's part of China's goal to ease trade with its neighbours and you know better connect countries in the region. Worth saying that Thailand, sorry, China is Thailand's largest trading partner um, and a huge source of mm. tourism for Thailand. So Thailand's got a vested interest in this happening as well. Project uh, came about and was brought put forward by China, um, but they're not putting as much money into it now as they said they would initially, but they're still involved in supplying equipment and systems for the railway. Um as I said, this connecting onto China's high-speed rail network is huge. More than two-thirds of the world's entire high-speed rail network is in China, and that network's been built in just the last 16 years. Wow. It is astonishing how much they have outpaced the rest of the world. You know, America doesn't have a high-speed rail line. The UK has one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, crazy stuff. For for context, though, you, you do have to mention that in China, there are reasons why they've been able to build high-speed rail at that and outpace the world in that regard, right? And and that's not being biased. That's not really being political. That's just being stating the, the, the facts, historical facts and current facts. Um, Labor is a lot cheaper out there and things are state-funded, aren't they? And it's in, it's, it's in their... Their whole grand plan to build this stuff, this is almost like a sink or swim scenario economically for China. This has to work for them. Um, so, and, and I think this adds a bit of complication to the whole Thailand thing. And this is why the video is really about how it's going to transform Asia, not just Thailand, but all of Asia. And I think this is maybe like the first phase of what's going to be happening across Asia and Eurasia and parts of Europe, maybe, um, if it continues, if it continues. Um, The China thing is complicated, isn't it? It makes it a little bit complicated as, as infrastructure goes. And I'm not necessarily qualified um and 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 I don't want I don't really want to judge it don't really want to get too into the politics but I'm not really qualified to say whether it's right or wrong for Thailand to to rely so much on China on a project like this and the same goes for a lot of other a lot of other countries and 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 mega projects but yeah there's there's a lot of nuance to be had here right yeah and it's complicated like you can't you're right like you can't compare China's approach to projects with other countries' approach to projects because it's a completely different culture, system of governments, approach to the world, approach to construction, labor practices, environmental regulations. Like, you're right, it's a completely different thing you can't compare. I think one of the most interesting things with this is China's 
influence and might is something that's almost it's definitely respected it's almost feared by some of its smaller mm-hmm. counterparts as well so you know thailand the, the guy in the video talks about it, the professor in the video talks about it thailand needs to maintain a positive relationship with china they need to maintain diplomatic relations economic relations they've got loads of trade going on they've got loads of tourism coming into the country so when china comes to them and says we want to build this railway it's not as simple as them saying yes or no they sort of they sort of have mm-hmm. to in a way because they want to keep china happy did the chinese help um build the line in laos i know we we touched on that briefly in the in the video and I, it's finished as well right or part yeah of i'm not finished. sure actually I would imagine they would have done if it's if it's newly constructed and links into China. I imagine they would have done, yeah. I think so, Liam. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, a few people were commenting that on on the video on YouTube. But um, yeah, that's kind of like that's a similar situation. And Lao, I think, has more of a similar um, governmental setup. To it's more similar to the Chinese government in which they're both like one party communist. I think could be wrong, but um, yeah, the fact that that's they've done that in Laos already, and then it's going to be continuing into China, into Thailand, and then beyond. I think what some people are even thinking, and what's predicted is that one day you might be able to drive from Sydney all the way to London. Right, so you will, they will link up Australia to the mainland. I don't know if that's that's probably not going to happen, or a, but that's long, long, long term. That's by like twenty forty nine, something like that. Yes, yeah. Come see you, Liam. Wow, okay. Drive down. Yeah, imagine that, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate, I'll just be there in three weeks. weeks. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> a year. How many miles is it? Like it's like eighteen thousand miles or something. London City, yeah. or London Auckland, yeah, that's why. Yeah. The thing is, what, what what we're saying about um, these smaller nations might not being able to say no to China. So it kind of makes me think: Is China benefiting more than Thailand from this route? Because I know that sort of northern part um, of Thailand, northeastern part of Thailand, is quite a poor area. It's not well connected and things like that. I think less than ten um, percent of the GDP comes from that. I think. Um, comes from that area. So if you are linking through these areas, will people be able to even be able to afford to use the train? I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be quite expensive in, in terms of to the locals and things like that in the area. Will it even be used or will it just be Bangkok, sort of the big Southeast Asia hub connecting through there straight up to China, straight up to Laos? Yes, yeah, good question. It's a really good question, and I suppose a lot of it is um, we, we'll have to wait and see. But if you were China, you wouldn't be you you wouldn't be building this and not getting a good deal out of it, would you? No, you wouldn't. Yeah, if you, if you're China, <laughs> you're not going to be like if you look at the map of the Belt and Road Initiative. Um, it, it, it is fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating the fact that, that there's going to be rail connected to effectively Beijing, right? It's it's kind of like, you know, the old saying, all roads lead to Rome, right? It's going to be all roads lead to Beijing. That's effectively, you know, what they want. That's, and they want the world to see Beijing and China like that. 
And when, when you look on the map and you've got trains going to London in the far west, yeah, all the way to Beijing in, in, in the east and then south, maybe to somewhere like Malaysia, maybe Australia if they can figure that out. You know, you know, this that's that's something that ultimately the elephant in the room here is that the US can't do, right? The US and the EU at the moment aren't doing that. And so you've got two different spheres of influence, right? One being, you could argue, like the Anglo-American or European sphere of influence versus the Chinese influence. And they're going about it in in, in two different ways. And I think, um, not to go too off topic here, but a great way to kind of look at the difference between the two is look at the investment and what the countries are doing in places like Africa. You know, China is very much going in, building infrastructure, building, building, building. Whereas mm. Europe and the US are, are treating things a little bit different, but there has been now they are having to step up in a place like Africa, as an example, and Asia to try and retain, I suppose that 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 world power influence. Right, yeah, it's interesting. We've we've covered and spoken about a lot of projects in North America, Europe, the UK. You know, infrastructure projects. And there's this debate mm. around the funding. Is it going to bring the benefits? Are governments, countries investing enough in their infrastructure? And we've all, always underlined the the power of infrastructure and how it can go on to enable economies. It can affect and impact millions of people's lives. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about how some of the big infrastructure projects in America, you know, the Hoover Dam, the uh, Transcontinental Railroad, the Interstate Highway System, the Golden Gate Bridge, they were big infrastructure projects that really made America. China 100% see the benefit of infrastructure, the power of infrastructure. They're betting their entire future success on going massive on, on infrastructure. You know, their, yeah. their cities, the railways, the airports, the connectivity, the, the, the harbours, the ports, the stuff they're putting in, not just in their country, but in other countries as well. It is all infrastructure-led there's no debate around the money going into it or whether it's a good idea or not. They 100% see the power of infrastructure and are almost betting, yeah, betting their entire future success, their entire plan on becoming a superpower on mm. building infrastructure in a way that the world's never really seen before. I don't think that's, that might sound like a dramatic statement, but I, I think it's pretty true. You know, even going back to the Romans and ancient Egypt, I don't think we've seen construction on this scale before because it's not just in China across many many cities where there are you know overall more than a billion people but it's in other countries as well it's it's right it's right around the world where they're building stuff to in a way in, well improve connectivity and improve their trading and economic ties but also exert their influence and when you um when you realize that this conversation that we're having between like China and the US and and effectively the state of a global economy and global economies. We're having this conversation because of one railway in Thailand, right? That shows you how important construction is. That shows you how vital infrastructure is and to have these kind of conversations. And that maybe I'd say that people need to be more aware of it, right? Because infrastructure and construction is maybe from a certain point of view a political thing, you know, maybe even something else. You know, wars are fought over infrastructure, right? 
And um, yeah, I, I, I think the fact that we can have these sort of conversations about one train line is really, really impressive. Really impressive. Yeah, it's an amazing project. I think we've spoken a lot here about the kind of the geopolitical influence of it and the impact of it, but I want to go back and highlight the engineering that's going in. Yeah, there's mm. that that whole type. If you imagine trying to keep a high speed rail line on as straight and flat a line as possible, but you're doing it through mountains and terrain that's going up and down, and you've got to go around villages and settlements and stuff. That means you've got tunnels, you've got bridges, you've got viaducts, you've got cuttings you've got drilling you've got tunnel boring machines like it's an it's an enormous feat of engineering i'm really looking forward to following its progress and seeing how they build this and how they make it happen so yeah, taking aside the, the politics and whether or not it's right or wrong and who's paying for it and who's going to benefit i think just as an engineering story building something like this in a location like this is going to be yeah pretty remarkable to see come together let us know what you think about this project guys uh we've obviously had a pretty old big old debate here so get your thoughts coming in podcast at the b1m.com we would love to hear from you also in the news this week we have got uh, a few things to talk about kicking off with the top five skyscrapers completing in 2023 now it's not as high rise a year as previous years there has been a bit of a step back in skyscraper construction i think partly due to covid the pandemic changing face of our cities uh the the kind of disruption to office buildings all this kind of stuff so there are there are skyscrapers being built but in terms of the tallest ones in the world they're not as high as they used to be also throwing into that we obviously did a video back in january 2021 sorry january 2022 about uh, China's increased uh, skyscraper ban. So there's there's pretty tough restrictions now around skyscrapers in China, and any that they are completing are ones that kind of started before the ban came in. So mm. it's, it's an interesting list this year. We're going to run through it for you guys from five to one. So at number five, we have the Seal Tower in the United Arab Emirates. That's at 365 metres super tall tower it's going to be basically a very fancy uh five-star hotel with a thousand guest rooms and infinity pool at the roof basically designed for instagram influencers people like myself you know in my speedos sitting there with the sun cream on getting pictures uh stacks terraces atrium trees on buildings all that kind of stuff what would you what do you guys make a number five i i like it i like it um it's very dubai you know, and I'm not the biggest fan of the architecture in Dubai, but I think I think this works. I think this works quite well. Um, it's a bit blingy. It's a bit mm. blingy, but I suppose that is very much in keeping with Dubai and a lot of the projects in the UAE. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's all right. What do you reckon, Liam? Yeah, I like it, mate. I think um, mm. I think that infinity pool would be stunning, man. Just yeah. looking at the render. Um, it's probably my favorite looking one on the list, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, it's quite unique. Yeah, it is. To, I suppose it all comes down to execution. Comes down to execution and if it like actually it does, mate. The, the finish looks like that. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not going to be too negative. I'm not going to be too moany. That's it. Oh, I'm not. this is little Fred, New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Not at all. Fred, what do you reckon, mate? 
Um, I like it. I think, again, it comes down to execution. The design looks good. It's difficult to stand out in Dubai now, but I think this would stand out in Dubai. It's pretty nice looking. Um, go and have a look at this over on the B1M website, guys. I think it looks good. Interesting little factoid. There are more than 8 million international overnight visits to Dubai in 2022. Um, place constantly ranks in the top five most visited cities in the world. This building is going to add a thousand hotel rooms into the market, and it will join the one hundred and seventeen thousand hotel rooms that are already available in the Emirates. It's pretty incredible, wasn't it? It's the, the wow. volume, volume of people going through is, uh, yeah, yeah, crazy. That's a crazy stat. Yeah, and just numbers. to think, continuing on the geek out of infrastructure, none of that would have been possible without like Dubai Airport, Dubai International Airport, right? Like that's all, it was all part of that strategy. So when we talk about like the Belt and Road Initiative, infrastructure and influence go hand in hand together, don't they? But anyway, right. On to the next, on to the next skyscraper. <laughs> that's number five. Number four. Number four, yeah. we've got the, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's the Hengfeng Grand Center Tower Ooh. One in China, which is 373 meters. So a little bit higher than number five. Uh, this is already structurally topped out. It's going to complete in 2023. It's got an observation deck, a helipad, very fancy. You've got luxury apartments, retail, entertainment facilities, bit of office space. Um, very nice looking building. Not the tallest building uh, in this city, though. There's a 401 meter tower, so second tallest there. But uh, yeah, fourth tallest completing this year. Pretty boxy. I do like the top of it. It's got a nice kind of mm. glass observation deck and helipad but otherwise it's a bit square mm. looks mm. a lot like um 22 bishops gate for me just kind of plonked yeah in there. forgettable mm. oh. oh i think that's doing 22 a disservice mate i think that this is at least 22 <laughs> has a different shape like <laughs> yeah this is bland this is bland it could go anywhere it could be in any continent it could be in any city and so, yeah, it's bang average. Bang average. <laughs> sorry. It's a new phrase. Sorry, Heng. So, sorry, sorry Heng Feng. <laughs> Change your tune pretty it's quick, mate. I thought you were going to be more positive. It's but, slaved over that. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm still being honest. I'm still being honest. Yeah, I could have been way more negative about the Dubai one. But the Dubai one's pretty cool. I, I think this is just very... Very boxy, very samey. And I think it's towers like this that are maybe why China wanted to limit how many skyscrapers they were building. Because, you know, stuff like this doesn't really... (laughs) What? (laughs) Am I being being too negative? Am I being too critical, mate? Your new resolution lasted all of two minutes, Luke. It seems to have worn off pretty quick. Mate, (laughs) pretty quick, mate. I never said it was my resolution. <laughs> I don't <laughs> resolutions. Resolutions are something they get on my nerves, mate. You have goals, you have life goals, and you stick to them. Resolutions like, oh, I'm going to eat better this week, and then like they'll have a Krispy Kreme at like one o'clock on a on like the fourth of January or something like that. Oh, it's a little cheat day. Oh, get I saw someone. Uh, I saw someone <laughs> tweeting tweeting on the second of January saying, "Cool." Dry January's jag dragon, isn't it? <laughs> it was only day two. <laughs> <laughs> the gym. Just shout out. The gym in January. Oh, it's unbearable. <laughs> unbearable. People in their new clothes doing stupid exercises, injuring themselves. Just, oh, 
Yeah. People Get to February, it's all cleared out. selfies in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would do that? Who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, carrying on down the uh, skyscraper list. At number three, we have our favourite, a tower that's had a lot of coverage on this podcast last few weeks. Uh, it's the iconic tower in Egypt, uh, Africa's first super tall skyscraper, the skyscraper in the desert. We've talked about it loads. 393 meters. It's going to be finished and opening this year. Already top towers, you guys know. I feel like we've spoken about that and dissected that one enough. So we're going to move on from the iconic tower. Uh, mm. Number two, we have got the Greenland Shandong International Finance Center, again in China, 428 meters. We're getting some serious height now. Uh, designed by Skidmore, Owings and Merrill, the famous architecture firm behind One World Trade Center and another, another, none other than the Burj Khalifa, the world's current tallest building. Pretty incredible, this one, just by virtue of its height, really. I think it's pretty nice looking, pretty simple. Do you guys agree? Mm, yeah. I do, mate. It, it does look <laughs> nice. I mean, it doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be positive on it. It looks all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just not doing it for me. At least, at least mm. the the Dubai it's- one had a nice facade. It was quite unique. It was a bit different. I just feel like this is. I just feel like I've seen it before. You know, if I walk down the street, you're just- not you're not you're not getting that same feeling you have when you saw my topless photo. Yeah. Afraid not, mate. It's not getting, not getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I think, um, I think this is okay. I think this is okay. I like the stepped sort of form to it. Um, I think this would look good in New York because it almost feels a, a wee bit like a, um, you know, a throwback to Art Deco. You know, those set. Yeah, those setback sort of skyscrapers from the 20s and 30s. But um, yeah, I, th- I I actually think this is all right. I think this is decent. It's not my favorite, but I don't think it's meant to be. I don't think it's meant to be, you know, the the standout. Yeah. Uh, at number one, we've got the... It's ready for this, guys. This is the world's tallest skyscraper. The world's tallest skyscraper completing in... Sorry, I've completely messed this up. It's not at all. Number one is the tallest skyscraper completing in 2023. This is the Wuhan Greenland Center, in, also in China, 475 meters. Now, this is a pretty interesting building. It's been pretty infamous because the construction's been delayed. It's been paused. It's been redesigned after they started. It's been a bit of a saga, basically. So construction work first began back in 2012, which is now 11 years ago, just just 11 years ago. Um, it was slated to be the second tallest man-made structure in the world. It's going to be even taller than Tokyo's Skytree. It's going to be 636 meters. But then it was paused, redesigned, and scaled back. Once works had reached the 96th floor, they scaled it back from 636 meters to 475 meters. Also, it wouldn't encroach on some neighboring airspace, which you think they would have picked up on beforehand. We're not really sure what went on there. We're not really sure if it was an airspace thing or it was a funding thing. It's pretty remarkable how the internet has been wiped of this project. So information on it, stories on it, photographs on it, even on like stock sites like Getty, Alamy, anything like that, this skyscraper was really wiped off the map. There's some stuff back on about it now as it's approaching completion, 
but it's kind of a bit of a failed project that China didn't really want out there. And as you can you can sort of see again up on the website, I'm not I'm not plugging this, but it's helpful because we're currently in an audio medium. It's helpful if you go and look at the website. You can see they've basically stopped building it at a certain height and kind of capped it off. And this very fancy spire that goes with the design is just not happening now. It's just a kind of a capped off finished skyscraper. So not the best one to be the tallest building completing this year, but it does, by virtue of its height, become the tallest building completing this year. Probably speaks to a lot of what's happening in China right now and is pretty representative of, uh, yeah, some of what's going on. I'm not a fan of number one. What do you guys think? No. No, man. No. It looks kind of creepy, in my opinion. It looks kind of... I've got no other words for it. It's just, it just looks Crazy. off. It just, it just looks a bit off, yeah. doesn't it? Like, I wouldn't want to. I don't know. So they, they're going with the flat roof. Yeah. They're sticking with the flat roof. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can tell it's not been designed to be like that, right? Like, you can tell. It's like, no, that's meant to continue. It's, it's, an, odd, it's an odd choice. It's a really, really odd choice. But, um, yeah, um, it's it's, it's, it's not great. Yeah, yeah, the render does look good. The render looks great. It, it, yeah, it's, it kind of looks like a like a weird like spaceship or something. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. What I was saying is this: this this is kind of like a lesson as to like you can't just go around building mega projects without the proper planning in place, and this is. This is what you get. You get half-finished skyscrapers with flat roofs that aren't meant to be flat. And little, that uh, in little, the middle of your city. Yeah, a little nugget of advice there, guys, as you start the new year. You can't just go around building mega projects, right, without... You can't just go and start building a 600-metre-tall skyscraper and not think about where you're going with it, right? Just... Just... Because I know what you guys are like, our listeners. <laughs> Don't go building big old buildings now, guys, without thinking about it. Um... There you go. Top five skyscrapers of 2023 decapitated on this podcast. We've uh, we've probably slated all those. Bit of a damp squib all round, really. I think the Seal Tower <laughs> in the UAE came out on top <laughs> yeah. with its infinity pool. Um, I shall be there getting some Instagram fodder later this year, hopefully, if I get an invite out. What's not to like? Ooh. What's not to like? Good lad. Yeah. Good lad. Yeah. Um, on to a better project, potentially. So that, that's they're the five skyscrapers, the top five tallest skyscrapers completing in 2023. We're now, again, staying with also in the news, swinging over to Madrid, where a very beautiful design for a major overhaul of the city's central station has been unveiled. Uh, a big kind of consortium to design this, but principally led by architecture studio UN Studio, who we spoke about uh, many times before, but who we mentioned in recent weeks as being a really good, really good studio that seems to be hitting the nail on the head with lots of stuff at the minute. Um this is really impressive. It was very popular on Instagram uh, over Christmas and New Year. Basically, the station's historic vaulted roofs are going to be retained. There's going to be a new public park, new... Uh, I'm not going to call them skyscrapers. They're basically towers being added around it. Um, we've got trees on buildings, as usual. Uh, but I think this is really beautiful, really spectacular. And great to see infrastructure in the middle of a major city like this being, being invested in. I, I love it. Yeah, that's that's how you do a station upgrade, for sure. I think you in studio, like you're saying, Fred, they're absolutely killing everything that we're looking at on the podcast and on Instagram. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Put trees in there I as well. Totally agree. Yeah, 
some tree, throw some trees in there. Um, yeah, but this is, but at least this is done well. It's not just like trees are everywhere, you know. I think, um, I think this is really good. I think this is really, really. <laughs> Liam's looking at me funny, like aren't there, aren't there trees everywhere? Okay, there are a lot of trees, but but it's not like the centerpiece. It's not the centerpiece of the project. Like if you took away all the trees, it would still look awesome. Yeah, it would, yeah. and and you'd still the project wouldn't look too dissimilar. I think this is absolutely fantastic. Maybe one of the best train station projects we've seen while we've been doing the podcast that's what i thought you were gonna say in 2023 then (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that too that's the best train station project we've seen this year (laughs) downhill love from from, um, from here now mate (laughs) lots of love from um b1m spanish followers as well everyone's super stoked finally seeing my country in the b1m Big shout mm. out from Spain. Love to see it, don't you? Yeah. We we get this we get this a lot. We people say, Oh, you finally covered my country when we've covered their country like multiple times. And I, I don't it seem people seem to have a bit of being in the bonnet about stuff. But yeah, it's it's lovely. There's some really good feedback. Um people <laughs> saying people saying it's gonna transform the area, they're excited to see it get constructed, really like the design. There seems to be a lot of love for the design, a lot of support for this project. So yeah, some nice, nice comments on there. Uh, also in the news, uh, going from <laughs> hot and sunny Madrid right up to the Arctic Circle, construction teams in the Arctic Circle have just completed the 33rd edition of the famous Ice Hotel. I really want to go and visit this one day. It looks so cool. Um, so it's located in the Swedish sa- Swedish town of Yukosjavi, which is right up in the Arctic Circle. Uh, they've built 12 hotel suites around this ceremonial hall, which is kind of used as a bit of a wedding venue. Um, really incredible story here. So there's basically there's a permanent uh, ice hotel installation called Ice Hotel 365. You can go there year round, and it's a building which has got climate controlled ice rooms in it, which isn't quite the same. But there's like a there's a there's a warm bar, there's a warm bathroom restaurant thing, and you you get um, warm rooms of your accommodation. Then you get to go and sleep in an ice room if you want to. It's kind of through a hermetically sealed door thing. Um, mm. Which is which is quite cool. You know, they, you can see why they're doing that. They're trying to get year round uh, year round tourists coming over to their ice hotel. But the main one is the one that's there from about December through to about April, depending on the weather. Which is carved by these uh, ice sculptors and construction teams. Which is very very cool. Um, so they take ice from the nearby Torn River in the spring of each year, keep it in a cold store throughout the year and then sculpt it over an intense six-week period through November and early December, uh, creating a completely bespoke hotel each year with a completely bespoke theme and design to it. People come and stay, they come and visit. You can spend one night on the ice, I think it is, and then you spend the rest of your time in like some warm accommodation they have nearby because you don't want to freeze your nuts off in, in a hotel room for a couple <laughs> of nights in the, in the ice. Um, and then the whole thing melts in April, and they start again and carve a completely fresh hotel the following year. So pretty different for us, uh, but I think a really cool construction project because it is a construction project. It's a pretty amazing feat of engineering. It's very different. And uh, I'm saying pretty cool. That is The pun is intended, oh, guys. Hey. Pun is intended. It does look cool. I, I've, I've, I've wanted to visit the Ice Hotel for years and years. Why, though, would you want to s- spend the night? 
I don't understand. Like you, so you're just rugged up in like sleeping bags, like, <laughs> and what? That's it. Do you just chill? Like, what do you do? Do you chill watch TV on an ice couch? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I don't get the, I don't get it. You're saying before, Fred, they've got bathrooms that are heated. I'm like, well, yeah, like, it's nothing worse than a cold bathroom. Go and sit in there. Oh, mate. Imagine getting out of the shower. You got to do the dash. To get dressed, run down, run down to the to the room. It's freezing. <laughs> I think I think it's the experience of uh, staying in an ice hotel. But Liam's like, "Where's Where's Netflix? Where, where, where's the- <laughs> 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 um, what are you doing? I'm just gonna do some. I'm just gonna do some work from my ice desk. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there is a bit of that. There is a bit of that, admittedly, but um, I suppose this is proper sustainable, though, isn't it, Fred? You know, uh, just build stuff from yeah. ice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not really a, a – you can't use this, but it's the experience of staying in an ice hotel. You can't use this building as a school or a hospital or anything, and I think they're using some uh, pretty petrol-driven machinery to build it. So um, I, can see, I can see some petrol-driven JCBs and – Excavators. I can see some chainsaws. Terrible. Right, that's it. I'm going to boycott it now. (laughs) That's been cancelled. It's been (laughs) cancelled. You don't want to stay at an ice hotel, Luke. I went to an ice bar when I was in uh, the Arctic Circle in Norway the other year. That was really cool. But like after a few hours, you're like, all right, we're going to go now. (laughs) You know, you're there. It's good fun, but that you're drinking from ice, yeah, like yeah, yeah. cups, you're, and it's like, oh, yeah, go I've on. got one in London, don't they? I went to one in London. Yeah, they gave us. This uh, is um, fifteen years ago, mate. I, I don't know. You probably bloody melted by now. Primary school. Luke wasn't was, born. It's before before your time, Luke. <laughs> Basically, back in yeah. my day, basically, mate. back in my day, son. But it was like they give you <laughs> like a lab, when I was a lad, we had ice bars, ice bars everywhere during the during the war. During the war, oh. but they'd give you a cape, like a like a like a um, thermal cape thing, and they'd give you an ice cup, and they'd fill it for the like it's like a green shot or something, green drink. Yeah, and you drink it. I was like, yeah, this is cool for like fifteen minutes. I'm like, all right. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. After that, it's like it gets a bit old, doesn't it? It's mm. a little bit old. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it, it's it's cool to see, but I think in 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 reality, it's. Um, I mean, it looks beautiful though. What they can carve into ice and what they do is unreal, isn't it? Looks like something from like Lord of the Rings or something. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It is very very cool. There's a nice there's a nice bar in Vegas I went to as well. I think it's in the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Um, yeah, same thing. You wear these big big coats and. They give you ice drinks. You stick mm. your lips to, and yeah, <laughs> it's good fun. It's good fun. <laughs> I um, I hear, I hear what Liam's saying about the uh, the dash from the bathroom as well. Because the, the um, we went to the Blue Lagoon in Iceland, which was amazing. Mm. It's, really, it's like this volcanic. You've probably seen it on social media. It's this volcanic pool thing you can swim in. It's very very cool. But they make you shower before you go in. But the showers are like a good hundred meters from where you actually get into the water. So <laughs> we we had a shower. And then you've got to do this like hundred meter run in like minus five, minus six 
to get in the pool. It's absolutely freezing. Uh, if you're listening, wow. Blue Lagoon Island, put the showers close to the pool. That's come on. It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> you're just doing that in your swimmers or your, your undies. You're just doing a mad dash. Your towel wrapped around you. Yeah, my super tight speedos, mate. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Any chance to get the rig out, Fred? <laughs> People taking pictures, paparazzi, it's crazy. People are like, goodness me. <laughs> moving on, moving on. We've got some nice reviews and emails in, Luke, haven't we? We've had a nice little holiday mailbag. What have we got? Yep. Yep, uh, Evan Riley. Evan Riley um, got in contact, and uh, apparently he met you at Procore Groundbreak in New Orleans. Um, and since then, Evan's been listening to the podcast, and he's left us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. And he says uh, he came for the British accents. There you go, Liam. British accents. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so you're, 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 you're still under the umbrella. Uh, your poms mate you're all poms as well stayed for the (laughs) weekly dose of global construction news insightful video breakdowns witty banter and laughs i'm eagerly waiting to see here a future tomorrow's build episode on building on other planets inspired by nasa icon and the new avatar movie um fred evans you know raised a pretty good point mate you know when are we going to be building on mars I like these. Said we had witty banter. Who's who's provided witty banter? I'm just the one with dad jokes. Yeah, not, not me, us. Mate. You, Luke. Wrong podcast, no. mate. Maybe he's wrong podcast. He's conflating podcasts. <laughs> he's thinking about something else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, there's lots of stuff going on about other planet building, isn't there? There's uh, NASA trying to build on Mars. We have actually covered building on Mars a few times on the B1M with kind of mixed results, really. Um, I don't know. I think we've got a master building on this planet first before we uh, try and look going elsewhere. Mm. We'd need to get a bit better building here. So that's my view. Yes, Evan, 100% mate. We'll make you personally a video about building in space. We'll stick it on tomorrow's build. It's coming your way. (laughs) All because of a lovely review. And yeah, great to meet you in uh, New Orleans, mate. It's very, very cool. There we go. So if, if, if you're listening and you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. It means the world, and it means other people can find the show, so that'd be grand. And uh, if you are leaving a review on Apple, you can write a review. Write us a message, and we'll read it out on here. This is a way to get Fred Mills to notice you. (laughs) You know, you saw the photo. This is the (laughs) next step. So... (laughs) (laughs) How have you maintained that throughout this whole episode? Just keep coming back to it. Yep. Oh, mate, it's going to happen for a while. The foreseeable future. (laughs) 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 Uh, Anyway, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. The first episode back in 2023. Thank you for listening. We talked about the $67 billion high-speed railway transforming Asia in Thailand and China. Let us know what you thought about that. We decapitated the top five skyscrapers (laughs) completing in 2023. Properly slated some of those. Bang average was quote of the episode for me. Uh, we talked about Madrid's beautiful station upgrade, Sweden's Ice Hotel. Read out some of your comments. Let us know what you thought about this. Get your comments coming in. Uh, email us. Leave us a review. Click that five-star button. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Guys, have you have you had a good first episode back? Have you enjoyed this? You've obviously been ripping the piss out of my um, torso the whole way through, but other than that. <laughs> yes. 
I've loved it, mate. I've loved it. I think we've had a nice little balance of serious and what is it? Witty banter. Witty banter. Yeah. <laughs> yes, mate. It's been good. It's been good to catch up with uh, you two guys again. Looking forward to a uh, massive year ahead. We need to do like a promotional poster for this podcast. So I'm going to put witty banter and gorgeous as the two kind of quotes at the top. Like, this is the this is the place to be. This is the good <laughs> stuff. Guys, thanks for tuning in for this first episode of the year. Happy New Year to you. We are very excited to bring you loads of cool stuff in 2023. Get us your notes, get us your reviews, get us your, your feedback coming in, and we will see you next week. You guys got out your system then, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Probs not, mate. <laughs> <laughs>